Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. I was wow. thinking... Oh, my goodness. Yes. ...that I should, like, switch up the intro a little bit. Sure. Try and, like, give us some variety. Okay. Um, so I was wondering how nervous. you felt about, like, maybe a YouTube-style one. I think it would go a little something like, Hey, what's up, everybody? Frickin' Jordan coming back at you this week with another episode. And today we are breaking down, you guessed it, 2011's The Eagle, starring Channing Tatum and Jamie Bell. Let's get into it. I think it could be good for us, you know? Or I was maybe like NPR style. That's, that was my like counterpoint immediately. What I was going to ask this morning is, what if we switched it up and we did a really lax episode where we're like, Hey, everybody, and welcome to The, the Queer, Queer Quadrant, Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers... Thank you for joining us today to discuss 2011's The Eagle, Caw, a Caw. seminal film a starring box many, office smash. many actors. This movie grossed many, $300 billion dollars many at the box fight office. Scenes. Yes, very interesting. Did you Just know fascinating. that there's a wall? There is a wall. Okay. It's named so Adrian's like, Wall. Yes. Food for thought. Oh, Food for thought. Eagle, or what are we, what's on the menu? Eagles? Oh, yeah. Great. How about that extreme close-up shot of the owl in this movie? Yes. For no apparent reason. There are a lot of choices, I would say, in this movie for no apparent reason. I like when there are eagle screeches yes. at seminal moments. Yes. Did you know that Channing Tatum's character's name translates to eagle? Yes. Yes. We I guess love. we can blame uh, whoever wrote Rosemary Sutcliffe Wh- more for like, that one. More like she better have been checking her cliff notes because that was a bad i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i was really trying to get an insult on her the eagle of the ninth which is an adventure book from the 50s how do you think these two compare to the wait the book and yeah the book and the movie like i've never read the book no i know i mean like do you think the book is like homoerotic at all or apparently it is do you think that there's boning in the book no because it's a kid's Mm, book oh Oh, wait, what? It's like it's like a young adult God, it's like a Percy Jackson? Probably a little older, because it's from like the 50s. So like a... Because YA didn't really exist. A Pendragon? YA didn't really exist in the 50s. True, true. Um, do you want to hear a quote from the book, though, I that I found to. on Tumblr? This is wait, from wait, oh my God. the scene where... Do you think Tumblr would count as like an MLA-cited, you know, like when you have to do your bibliography at the end? Do you think that that would work? It's honestly a great way to find quotes because like you, you don't have to quote Tumblr. You don't have right. to cite Tumblr. You can cite the book because like right. Tumblr always cites the book. But you can actually get it from That's Tumblr. Yeah. Um, Big brain. Okay, so this, is, quote, from, yes. this is from the scene where uh, Marcus saves Eska's life. <clears throat> Eska looked straight into Marcus's eyes, a look as direct and intimate as though they had been the only two people in all that great amphitheater. Ooh, in all that great amphitheater. Right. Ooh. Isn't that like I love. amazing? I mean, look, if we're being honest, we, me and you have not seen this movie. We no. decided, we were deciding, so this is the end of Channing Tatum month. And we were both like, right. how are we going to close this thing out? We were like, okay, we're going to do Magic Mike, Magic Mike XXL 21-22. To, to remind everybody yes. what we're doing here What are tonight. we doing? Um, this Who is, are you? This is, I am Brooke Solomon. I am Jordan, quote, the eagle, end quote, Gustafson. And this Wait, is... Wait, what would you... What, okay, sorry. 
I don't, have, I don't have a good answer Did for you. Did you take Latin in school? I actually took French, if you can believe it. I had to take Latin and then a, a, a language. Oh. So like Latin and then Spanish. Wait, Neither really? of them I kept, of course. Yes, because I was going to ask you what your Roman name was, because in Latin class, we had to assign ourselves names. Yeah, I just had a French name. What was your French name? Brigitte. Ooh, hello, Brigitte. What was your Latin name? Brutus. Oh, very nice. Although, <laughs> my favorite... I was like, favorite, I'm going to be the one who kills Caesar. My favorite kind of like Roman Latin name is um, Caecilia. I think it's such, very cool. such a, a, a cool sounding name. You're going to name your kid that, aren't you? I'm not going to name my kid Caecilia. Come on. Anyways... <laughs> Yes. So this is the Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we... Okay, I'm just going <laughs> to take this from the top. Hi, I'm Brooke Solomon. I am Brutus. Oh my fucking God. I am Jordan Gustafson. <laughs> Thank you. And this is Chatting Channing 2021 Um, in the month of April, Channing Tatum's birth month. We have decided to cover some Happy of birthday, his, King. his greatest and gayest hits. Um, As Jordan mentioned, we have covered the magic mics as well as the jump streets and today we are closing it out <laughs> with 2011's the eagle I now why did we decide to do this probably because everyone knows this movie and it's his most popular on letterboxd imdb right i think it was very evident when we told our guests that we were closing with this and all three of them were like what the what fuck are you doing that movie? Yes. yeah yeah I know. um so basically the reason that we're doing the eagle is because you know, I was typing away on my computer, click, click, click. And I was like, hmm, Channing Tatum queer movies ranked. And of course, there's already a list. And so, you know, most of them were on there were ones that I would assume like your fox catchers. But, you know, of course, doesn't have a big enough release for us to do. There's a fighting. But of course, that movie really doesn't exist even less than this movie. And there, weirdly, at number one was a uh, sword and sandals movie from 2011 that seemingly was never released and that no one remembers, even though it came out probably the same time as like, what was it? Uh, Clash of the Titans? Yeah, right? it was very much like in that. Did it come up before Clash of the Titans? Hold up. I'm about to. If Isn't it, Clash of the Titans 2012? I think it is. Clash oh my of the Titans was released. 2010. 2010. The year after. Interesting. Okay. So like this, this makes sense in theory. Oh, absolutely. You know what else is baffling? Th this movie? This movie was released on 2,296 screens. You know how many more screens that is than it should have been? 2093 no i think said. this i think this i oh think, no no i agree i don't know what went wrong with people not wanting to see this movie i, I guess think it's just exhaustion i mean i genuinely think i think sword and sandals i'm actually glad that we're getting into this because i think this is an important discussion for our listeners and for us to discuss sword as and well sandals on main yes i think it is really hard to sell sword and sandals movies which is sad because like i just want to see all of them. that was literally my first note when watching <laughs> this movie i was well actually sorry it's my third note the first note was research more about hadrian's wall second note was roman versus greek history question mark question mark why is greek history better and then the third one was sword and sandals movies must discuss well i know why greek history is better than uh, because roman history. roman history is just a repeat of it's literally greek history. just hey can i copy your homework real quick yeah, like yep, yep anyway sword and sandals movies as we were saying i think are for me and you big touchstones in our lives we I love, love sword and sandals movies gladiator great well that i think that that is actually the root of the, the problem yep, is that exactly. gladiator is so good, good that every time you're watching a sword and sandals movie like even during this i was like i really kind of want to watch gladiator right now it just well, what did i text you that you wanted to watch gladiator it just makes it makes you want to watch it because it's so good and right. it has like all of the touchstones i also think it was a mistake for films like Clash of the Titans or stuff like that to 
introduce weird superhero mythology gods even though of course that makes sense that they would do that but it's just well i kind of like clash of the titans having medusa like that's kind of cool oh i don't like that movie i mean i don't like the movie but i like i want to see medusa you know what i mean like i think medusa is just so cool we need a a good medusa Medusa movie yes yeah what is i mean so other than gladiator what are like Spartacus, Troy, probably Troy, three hundred. Ah, uh, yes, yes, um, yes. So, like, I think that the ones that work better are the historical epics and not the god type fantasy epics. Um, but it's it's hard to make something distinctive, and nobody ever bothered to to switch it up enough. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I think that the eagle is good, but like, if, I- <laughs> you, if you're just kind of looking at this movie, it's like, yeah, it's about some white guys, like every other sword and sandals movie. 100%. And they gotta go find some stuff, and there's fighting. They I have don't know. To, they have to play quote. This is from a letterbox review: "Homoerotic capture the flag." <laughs> And I think that is the movie distilled. Yeah. Um, can I just read you some recent Sword and Sandals movies that have come out? And I just want I just want you to tell me if they exist. Um, from the year 2014, Hercules. Is that the Dwayne Johnson yep. one? Yeah. Yeah, remember that came out? There was also Ben-Hur in 2016, a remake the of remake. the original. There was Prince of Pompeii. <laughs> Who was oh. in Pompeii? Do you remember? Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington. Right. There was the movie called Immortals from 2011. Oh, I do remember that one. There's Centurion from 2010. Never Wrath of, of the Titans in 2012. Yep. Clash of the Titans in 2010. Agora in 2009. Okay, Agora is a weird movie, but it's kind oh, wait, of good. Yeah, that's the one that you sort of stump for, right? It's Rachel Weisz and Oscar Isaac and Max Minghella. And it's, it's, it's weird, but it's it's kind of good. I kind of And also, love that. It's, I think it ha- gets bonus points for having a legitimate female lead. Like, oh, it's absolutely. actually about Rachel Weisz, which is That's really cool. incredible. And so we should have more of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think on the podcast at some point, we should dig into, like, the older Sword and Sandals movies because... OG Ben-Hur. Exactly. And, like, those time... Like, I loved, like, the stop-motion animation from that, like, time period that they were doing. Also, there was, like, the classic Golden Age epics with, like, your Cleopatra and stuff like that it's it goes hand in hand with biblical epics too like you have the ten commandments how many ten all ten of them all ten that's a lot like that movie is so iconic and even things like lawrence of arabia it was all sort of cut from the same cloth do you think that if this movie contained channing tatum yelling at us are you not entertained that it would have been better i was entertained i mean i agree but like with audiences like if they had that they didn't have like what's your trailer line (laughs) I want to look deeply into your eyes and free you, my British slave. I think the trailer line is, I I thought I'd lost you. That's I mean, some romantic It's very homoerotic. Right there. They're looking very deep into each other's this, eyes. To me, like this crosses the line from homoerotic to romantic because yes. they're like very soft with each other oh, by the end. so tender. So that's like, that's the defining factor for me. It takes a lot of, it's like a lot of like yearning and longing glances and sort of like hushed moments. Yeah. You know? I love. And it's enemies to lovers. It's like not even enemies. It's like property to lovers <laughs> really the, i actually i think that a great decision that this film makes is to do that slave reversal business yes. in the middle because it does put them on much more even footing oh yes so then you're like okay now they can actually be friends because i was a little worried i was like this seems weird mm-hmm. but then with the reversal 
it like sort of resets everything. So I think I think that that was a smart decision and writing decision. You know, maybe coming from our classic director, Kevin McDonald, we should have expected it. This man's entire filmography does not exist. Sometimes you're like, oh, someone has this one movie that you forgot that they made. That is just his entire career. The Last King of Scotland. I think you're forgetting Academy Award winning. He right. has State of Play, Marley, he directs the 112263 pilot, Whitney, The Doc, and of course, Brooke, this year's Golden Globe winner, The Mauritanian? How do you pronounce it? I think The Mauritani- Mauritanian? More, yeah, The Martian? Um, but like, Golden Globe comedy winning The Martian? It's insane that probably his most well-known film is The Last King of Scotland, which is a movie that nobody remembers. I remember that movie winning the Oscars. That's really? all I remember. I yes. mean, Forrest Whitaker, right? And but Forrest Whitaker is the only one that won. He was the only thing that was that film was nominated is for. He, he's not the last king of Scotland, though, right? It's like about a Ugandan dictator. And I don't really know why it's called the last king of Scotland. We, should we watch this movie? Hang on. Oh, okay. Because isn't the last king of Scotland like James McAvoy or something? No. Who's the, who's the white guy in it? Um, oh, it is James McAvoy. Yes. yes. So he's, he's a, he's a, ther- he's a therapist. Ah. Um, or a semi-idealistic Scottish doctor comes to Uganda to assist in a rural hospital. Once there, he meets up with the new president, um, and like hits it off with him Great. because this guy like is obsessed with Scotland. Sure. This looks, this sounds bad. wild. It sounds like an Oscar movie. Is that what it sounds sound like? good. Brooke, what if there was a last king of Scotland? Carrie Washington is in this? What if? Okay, but like... We have to move on. That's No so, more time for Scotland. But like that... This man has never made a movie that is whoa, real. Whoa, this movie exists. <laughs> this movie does exist. But like, this movie doesn't exist so hard that it doesn't have a cover photo on Letterboxd. Yes. That's an That's accomplishment. When you know. That's when you know. Yeah. Like that is so rare. It's a very. I mean, look. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Trying to do research for finding things out about this movie was like Difficult. climbing into a black wall. Hey, but oh no. Let me tell you. Do you oh, know where this no. movie does exist? But do I want to know? Yes, you do. Sure. Well, one. There's a bunch of stuff on Tumblr. Oh, I am on Tumblr course. right now, and there is like I'm talking fan vids. I'm talking full like meta i'm talking fan art oh my god there is a lot happening should we tweet some of the fan art or um, is it like no, deviant art I don't... level scary no 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 but also you know we have to properly credit the right, right, right. And stuff like that um if you search the eagle on tumblr or on the internet there's a bunch of it but also oh no there's a whole tag for this pairing on ao3 which is do you want me to explain all of the yeah. words that i just said in that sentence you said ao3 and i was like oh AOC is like a fan no, of no, this no, no, movie. No. Okay, so archive of our own, aka sure. AO3, mm-hmm. you know, of our own. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I. is the leading fan fiction site on the internet. Of course. It has usurped such classics as Wattpad and fanfiction.net. See, I know of Wattpad. Live Journal. Mm. Um, that was at the dawn of the internet, but now archive of our own is like the main one because it has the best tagging system and it has. Sure. You know, that's course. where everything yep, is. Yep. 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 Um, are you on? Are you active? No comment. Um, <laughs> there are 858 fix about Dear Marcus Flavius Aquila. Do we know if from Eska like one writer Kunaval. or like multiple people? Oh, no, that's 858 different individual stories. Yeah. Dear Lord. Yeah. And 
first of all, people are writing about this pairing as of two days ago. And oh my God. the number one like uh, fanfic in this pairing has 36,000 hits. Oh my God. 36,000 people have read the number one fanfic. And there's are, like... Were those the 36,000 people who saw this movie? I guess so. But I think that it's... Actually, if I sort it by hits, because I, I, oh, I accidentally sorted it by kudos instead of hits. You can leave people like kudos. Like mm. the story is really good. The actual most people that have read one fanfic is 48,000. Oh my me. God. This is should, so good. Should we do a live reading? I hope. Sure. I, actually, oh no. The thing is. Actually, no. Back out. Back out. No, no, no. Well, let me just tell you that there are a lot of misconceptions about fan fiction. And if I just picked a most popular fan fiction and started reading it, it would probably read more like a book. Right. Than yes. No, I know. Porn. Because most of them have like all these elaborate stories. Story especially it's all like about this. stories. Yeah. Yeah. This is literally like there's the top fanfic is about Marcus getting a post at a, a new fort and like Eska and his is his second in command or something oh, and then I'm cute. sure they fuck eventually um <laughs> oh really why <laughs> I, I don't know uh, actually hmm, hmm let's see what's it tagged as oh no see this is why archive of our own is good because it has a whole tagging system yes. so you can like it determine what it's what's rated. going on yeah. yeah so you can like basically find out if it's like explicit or not um yeah it looks ooh, ooh, ooh. oh there's some spicy tag? stuff give me some tags give me some tags well first time is very common tag like for the first time when they're having sex exactly yes. Um, they're losing their eagles. Submission. Oh, dom sub dynamics. Oh, oh, this is exciting. Oh my god. Oh wow. Okay, I Ooh. might. I might have to change my Channing Tatum movies ranked by queerness just based on this information alone. Oh my god. Okay, there's some crazy stuff on here. Anyway, um, so I'm overwhelmed. There we go. What, so what's like the cra- what's the craziest i mean like do you want to talk about alternate universe stuff because i'm seeing werewolf ar- alternate universe soul bond alternate <laughs> universe marriage of convenience what else we got alternate universe soulmates okay it's a classic tell me undercover is gay that's 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 a good time for werewolves which one do you think is the werewolf i think they're both werewolves uh. but also i would never go into that territory because then you maybe get into the alpha beta omega dynamics territory, which is like literally the worst thing that's ever happened to fan fiction. Got it. I'm not going to explain it. And it actually originated of all places in the fucking supernatural fandom, which is like, are we, are we surprised at all? I actually was personally surprised because it's really not like an in universe thing. I would have expected it to originate in like fucking teen wolf or something. Uh, Well, I mean Um, like just knowing your love, excuse me, of Supernatural. I feel like that's why I'm immediately like, this makes sense. Just because I know how much shipping was going on with that world. Yeah, but like, I don't know why people had to make it weird. I, but that was actually people, after my time like, in the fandom. People make everything weird. But this is like a whole nother level, Jordan. It's so weird. I, I think don't we need like to, it. I think we need to get away from it. Yeah, we gotta, we we'll gotta dig over. ourselves out of this hole real quick. Um, But yeah, basically my whole point was that they're, I think like simply by virtue of like internet fandom this movie is gay gay oh i love this then this is great for us this is important like properly gay did you know about the alternate ending i did do you want to tell our listeners though so at the end 
spoilers for the eagle We're i think jumping. it is honestly we should go through the plot oh, a little because it's chaotic yes but you were saying the alternate ending but at the the alternate ending is that instead of returning the eagle um they burn it on the like a funeral eagle. pyre yeah and then they they walk back like through the wall talk about their plans for the future and marcus is like i don't know i might try to marry and raise some children and Eska's like no that's ridiculous you should come breed horses in Spain with me and Marcus is Great. like okay and then they go breed horses in I Spain. love this that's so, what they should have done yeah. that's what the movie should have been they, I think they should have stuck with that ending. I would have loved to have seen that but I, the actual ending is pretty good I would have liked to see the eagle too just them on a farm and it's literally just about like it's like country life. right yeah it's just like there's no plot just vibes no plot just but vibes. like set in ancient Rome that mm-hmm. would be actually kind of a fun movie it sounds good and then you know they have like tender love love making candlelight yes yes of course (laughs) in the vineyards as one would yeah they're Um, stomping around on their grapes making wine and also making love yeah Mm. sounds nice sounds like a good movie riding some horses majestically across oh absolutely spanish highlands oh i love this so we definitely will talk about the plot though yes so i mean i just think my my biggest shock about this movie was i guess like with most sword and sandals movies it's very like personal and obviously there are very personal stakes in this but i didn't realize as being an ancient history buff and like fan how fucking important eagles were right to the ancient romans like if you they the really standard. care this much about a goddamn eagle it's like a flag essentially because it's like if you lose the standard you lose your honor and this right. is a film that's all about honor they really care so much about honor back then it's cool it's cr- it, it it works though because it was a real thing so i feel like if you oh, don't absolutely. know about it you're like this is stupid but yes no the, f- the standard was well, everything the fact that it's not just that was real but that the fact that like the disappearance of the ninth being like his father i think is also very cool that they like one of my favorite things in stories and like in books or whatever is where they take like a this is like very much just like like conspiracy theory shit but like i I love love when you take like a real life disappearance or like mystery and then you add a story to it like those are classic stories and i love those because you're like oh so this definitely happened like it was fucking alien yeah no i think that that's fun and that's like what storytelling is all about right and like especially when you're looking as far back as ancient rome like you can play real fast and loose with what you think happened yeah i mean they were playing fast and loose as it was happening they're like uh medusa as we were talking about like medusa like this woman she can turn you to stone right like they don't fucking know what they're doing. Back the gods then. live on this random right. mountain right. in cool. our backyard. I love. Oh, it would be so great to just be in ancient times. Oh, it would be great. Just be fucking around. Um, that's what, pretty much what they were doing. Yeah, it's just I know. fucking. Oh, it's true. Um, I feel like that is the easiest thing for us. I mean, it's bad, but also good because if we're ever looking just for an easy layup, we can just be like cool ancient Greek movies. So they were probably just having sex, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, Yes, but I think it doesn't... No, I don't think we should do that. I'm No, listen. I think that it helps our case that a lot of ancient movies sort of end up being very homoerotic. Because the thing is that, like, let's think about Gladiator. I don't think we would ever cover... One of the straightest movies. Gladiator on this podcast. Actually... No. Joaquin... Mm-hmm. No, but he, the incest, Jordan. Do you really for- want to I- do a queer take on oh the incest? Oh my god, I always forget about the incest. Who's the Who's the woman in that? Who's the the his sister? It's um Miss Queen of Themyscira herself. Oh my god, is it really? Yeah. Ah! 
wow, she really loves playing the hits. Well, that's why I think that they got her for Wonder Woman. That makes sense. Um, Connie Nielsen. Yes. Yeah. Because, like, she's most well-known for Gladiator. I would love if we just communicated as we just did by just, like, referring to people from, like, Miss the Queen Themyscira <laughs> or, like, things like that where we both know it but no one else would. I'm sure that's why they snagged Robin Wright, too, because of the Absolutely. Princess Bride, you oh. know? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Robin so. Wright is so good. Anyways. The best. As we were saying, so while that there was just so much like actual deep history to this movie, I think is very cool. And I mean, the one thing that I will give Kevin McDonald credit for, for this movie that I think is fun, is where he sort of like role reversed playing like American and British actors. I also like that. Except Mark Strong, who then just puts on an accent. far too American. He's too American. You know who also is like weirdly too American in this? Donald Sutherland. Even though he's Canadian. But I feel like he's leaning really hard into the American accent. He doesn't have his usual like... Hello, it's me, Donald Sutherland. I just only heard him as Donald Sutherland because I think I can only hear him as him. You know what I mean? Like he just comes onto my screen and I'm like, oh, it's Donald Sutherland. Right, but I feel Actor. I feel like he was more American-y than he usually is. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So like with the casting, I think it's with Sword and Sandals movies or like period pieces, there are actors working today that can fit into these worlds. And there are actors working today that can't fit into these worlds. Um, How do you feel about this movie with some casting choices? Well, let me just say, even though this is a Channing Tatum mini series and it's all about him, when he showed up, I was like, this man does not have a face that existed before the year 2007. He just- I almost agree, but then the movie convinced me otherwise. There was one scene in particular that convinced me otherwise. Which one? Two scenes, rather. So when he... Well, I think it's important to say when he shows up, he's doing an accent and the accent disappears immediately. He's Um, sort of doing like a restrained, fancy American accent. And then it disappears when he gets more emotional, which is fine. Uh, Which is probably better probably better but it's funny because he's you you think he's doing british for a split second and then he's doing american and he's doing sort of a like have we made sure that the wall is fortified it must be fortified please go tell the men you know it's 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 overly formalized absolutely so the two scenes were one when Channing is at first meeting with like watching Jamie do battle where he has his hair greased over in front of him so he has like that classic roman look right and i was looking at him like okay actually, you know what? Maybe Channing Tatum does fit into this world. Like maybe he is a big Hulk. And then there's the one shot where he looks at a statue. I think it's of Caesar or someone or I his father. I think it's of Hadrian. Great. It's of Hadrian. So he Or no, at- it's probably of his father. But it looks like it's the bust a- of Hadrian. It's because he has a distinctive hair. You know what? Anyway. Let's say it's Hadrian. But yeah. we see a shot of the bust and then we see a, bu- uh, a bust of Channing. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I, I believe it. I will believe it. And it somehow convinced me. They're, the one that really stood out the most to me for who didn't fit in this world was Dennis, Dennis O'Hare. O'Hare. I'm so glad we thought the exact same thing. And also, Dennis O'Hare is not doing the overly formalized American no. accent. So the he's clothes like, hey, don't what's fit up? Him. Hey, what's up, dude? How we doing? Yes. Come look at the men. Hey. It's so weird. Dennis <laughs> O'Hare also... is so totally like not fit for the movie. I need to, let's see. I don't remember. Like Dennis O'Hare, good actor. I really like a lot of the things that he's been in, but it's so weird. And he's just so miscast in this movie. Yes. I don't remember who the actor is but sort of like the older guy who's talking a lot of shit about yeah, yeah, Shannon yeah. Tatum's father is from I would say like the Brooklyn part of ancient Rome perhaps 
Dirt. What are you talking to me? <laughs> that did what that was. That was from the Cockney part of ancient Oi. Rome. Um, but at that dinner table Double scene, cool. yeah. I was like, I was expecting him to whip out like yes. a salami sub and he start shutting down. down. Yeah, he's like Tony Soprano. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, Dennis O'Hare is not wildly miscast wildly wildly miscast mark strong does good he can fit i feel like into any pocket no matter where you we put him stand mark strong an always undervalued consistent. actor always consistent yeah uh with one of the greatest voices and it is weird having him not have his sinister british voice in this movie because you're so used to it he's so aggressively american mm-hmm. he's doing the like bad american accent thing where he's hitting all the consonants way too hard yes where are you trying to say you're from or he sounds i feel like I've actually picked up on this a lot more since I moved to LA because I feel like everyone over enunciates. But now I like round all of my words in a way that I don't think that I did before. What is it? I'm like, do I? I always think about one time you were like checking the levels on this and you hit playback and it was just a clip of me being like blockbuster cinema. And I was like, (laughs) oh, no, am I from England and I'm just living in LA? Right. Um, but I think so. Channing turns it around, honestly. I think he's able to somehow pull it off. I'm not saying he's great fitting for this, but I think he can pull it off enough. Yeah, I think he's actually good in this. It's Jamie Bell of, is gr- like Jamie we, Bell is the best. As we've part always of this talked movie. about this, but Jamie Bell never doesn't deliver. Never and misses. This movie specifically really is carrying the burden on his shoulders. I think that it's just sort of like this is also a problem with a lot of Sword and Sandals movies, which is why I feel like the bloom is off the rose a little bit. Is that usually your main character is the most boring man that's yes. ever lived? Yes, he's just dealing with trauma, and like that is the problem with this is that it's like about honor and being a man and yep. needing to restore your father honor issues as a man but yes. it's not he's he doesn't have any personality no um so i don't think that that's interesting to watch and the only scenes where he has personality are with jamie bell exactly but that's kind of like for example where gladiator is the exception to the rule where you're like yes he's so stoic he's so grounded he's like a man out of time like the incredible you know paragon of the ages and then you watch every other sword and sandals movie and you're like this guy's boring as hell right you're like he's not interesting you're the one who has to go save us right why why it's like in the new 300 like 302 or whatever it's called like they don't have gerard butler and so they have some new guy and the new guy is literally just devoid of everything that makes gerard butler like stand out in that movie you know what i mean like the reason like we like that movie is him screaming like this is sparta yeah even though it's goofy but we at least like get him exactly and so i think that honestly i channing tatum is underused in this movie because he has a you know a good range and it's not the best way to use him just to make him like a, a stoic well they're trying to give him nothing. like this is like i feel like where fox catcher builds upon it it's like this stoic quiet like dealing and suppressing your trauma right. and like fox catcher actually like weaponizes it better you yeah, know what i mean where this movie enough. really just is like i feel like if we had a scene with him with his father or like, we have the flashbacks, but the flashbacks, like, add nothing. To be honest, whenever people use, oh, you know, like, he's dealing with his past and his trauma as a character motivation, I think that it only works if the trauma is 
interesting to right. be quite honest the trauma is his dad just disappeared his dad left him and he's wounded okay i don't really care like i like when donald <laughs> sutherland when uh the guy goes to go back into like when Channing Tatum screams and he's like oh no no it's not that type of pain that or he's like it's pain that you can't deal with right. with like medicine or whatever he says medicine just won't like, fix that <gasps> well because it's just it's it's making someone inherently like brooding yes. or you know tortured is not interesting you have to give them an interesting angle also like why do you, you really want to go back to war that bad that you're gonna yell like Come he wants on. to die so badly he he's really like does. i will just go die it's fine him and jamie bell are both just really trying to kill themselves and maybe that's why they're attracted to each other yeah they realize like you're just as crazy as i am you're as twisted they have a nice little we're not so different you and i speech though right yes. at the beginning once they start traveling together oh should we get into the plot i mean yeah. do you have any other pre-pro or anything before we get in literally no trivia exists about this movie besides the fan stuff which yes. we have covered where one of 13 people found it interesting i know but like look hey once again forty-eight thousand hits on archive of our own that's so insane that is that's a so legitimate wild. fandom i love this i'm gonna see have we stumbled upon our most popular episode by accident i don't know i don't know maybe the tumblr people will find this i'll see if i can i bet okay this is a one shot i bet there's like sex in here real quick oh mm. Brooke, this is not even a mm. question i have zero doubt mm. in my mind that there is at least one. Ooh, ooh, oh, oh it's no. getting spicy no no this is good. This is good. This I'm is bad. I'm just going to bookmark this God. for a later time. I feel like Roman centurions and just Roman outfits are so much more goofy than like Greek ones. Like the red, you know, their helmets with the, the red. The horsehair helmets. Just so, it's, it's impossible not to laugh when you see them like strapping it on. You're like, mm -hmm. LOL. My favorite part about Roman movies is the battle strategy though another reason why gladiator is so good yeah. when this the opening sort of like barbarian fight was happening it's in the cool eagle fight. i was like i wish i was watching that fight in gladiator yeah. right about yep. now but yep. they, they do the same the the fa the phalanx phalanx, phalanx. Yeah. um the shield thing where they make yep. like a turtle a giant shell. turtle yeah it's smart it's um I like classic technique. I mean, the sword fighting is solid. I think it's, we've mentioned this before, but I feel like sword fighting is so much more visceral and fun to watch on screen. But this movie's like PG 13 rating sort of neuters it a little bit where There's you're not, not able enough, to get like, like actual into the action. I don't even need blood and guts, but like, I feel like the action's just way more restrained than it should be. Here's what, here's how I felt about the action is that I think that where Channing Tatum works best is like, he's very good at the fighting stuff. Oh, totally. And I, I just, he, he has a good face for when he fights. And so does Jamie Bell. And like, they wield their sword, they wield their swords oh. very well. But I think that, that they. sounds a little homoerotic, don't I know. you think? I think that they do like a, a lot of good sort of sword fighting business in this. However, I mean, I don't want to blame, like, I, I guess I am blaming Kevin McDonald or maybe uh, Anthony Don Mantle who shot this, but I don't think that the sequences are very engaging and, like, yeah. I should be engaged by fight sequences, but I was kind I was kind of like checked out Yeah. whenever they went into an action scene. Totally. There's just not a great, 
it's action scenes are hard. They're hard to pull off. You need to build them up. You need to create an interesting sort of like flow of how the battle is going. I like think the the last battle is probably the best in the water. Definitely. Which also is really cool. I love like water based fighting. Like yes. I think that that's like swamp. It's not even swampy. It's like river moti. It's you know cool. what I mean? Yeah. They're like, like under very, a waterfall. Yeah. I love. In, there was the one mountains. really cool shot in the fight when Channing throws his sword and it goes between horses to kill someone. Yeah. It was very cool. Very fancy. I would love to do something like that in my life once. Mm-hmm. Not literally but just like to feel that cool to have such cool aim mm-hmm. yeah it's cool that he's like a badass at the beginning of this and like a very smart man a, a god of strategy because then they take it all away but it, w- it was nice to see him at the beginning i was like let's go you know what's up because everyone doubts him because totally. he's young and his father was a fuck up i had an no honor i did not know that the movie was going to go the direction that it did i really thought it was going to be he's placed there and then there's like a slave assigned to him and then they get the news of his dad and then they have to go just reading the log oh, line. I did not know that it was going to be like, you're going to get hurt and then you're going to watch uh, a man almost give his life because he has to make a statement and right. you're going to fall in love with him there and then the two of you are going to go on an adventure. And be bonded together by like a debt of life saving. Right. Like did not expect it to go that way at all. It's good. It's good. Oh, um, let's get into it. Yes. Let's talk plot we haven't done this in a minute no we have not okay so we start with channing tatum marcus (laughs) flavius aquila aquila as you can see i did not take latin um he's a roman centurion and he's got daddy issues oh does he because as we learn in the prologue his father was the leader of the the ninth legion mm-hmm. which is was a real legion right real that legion actually that disappeared. disappeared people have no idea what happened to it there are theories but there's no concrete evidence it's probably like a roanoke situation it's they probably just died is what probably yeah. happened and also people are like how could people that are not colonizers defeat the colonizers it's so crazy that was the whole roanoke, roanoke right. thing where right. it's like how could native american people have usurped this village of like 50 brits i don't know they're dumb like chill White people suck your racism is showing right. so any that's probably what happened yes however um and to be fair that is actually what happens in this movie yeah no literally so that's what happens yes well sort of sort of so but anyway his oh, yeah we also we'll get there Wait. the seal people yes oh we'll get there well not no not even the seal people the mark strong twist double twist yeah, which is like also not a twist. Unnecessary, yeah. Yeah. Weird. But I had a lot of fun with this movie. I'm going to be honest. No, yeah, no, I had a good time. I'm just I'm just now looking at it from a literal POV and I'm like, hmm. hmm. Anyway, yes. So Channing Tatum's father was the leader of the Ninth Legion and they lost their eagle, their standard. It their is like a phallic flag. image. Yes. Sure. And so that means that the Legion is like disgraced. Yes. And so as a result, nobody trusts Channing Tatum to to be a centurion, to to serve at, at a like a fort absolutely not. um so and this is this is it all takes place in roman occupied britain, britain which i think is cool south of hadrian's wall yes you remember hadrian right i do hadrian is hey for those of you that don't remember he was like a notorious gay emperor we love queer emperor of rome oh hey he's the Drian. one who made Sorry, his boyfriend I'm, I'm myself a deity that's awesome um and i feel he, like channing would do that for jamie bell in this oh totally well i don't know if you remember this but like in the talented mr ripley 
the bust yes, yes, right, is the, of Hadrian. The We've bust, discussed. The murder bust is Oof. of Hadrian. Yes. We should start using that more murder bust. Murder bust. Yeah, I think Great that should come back. Great way to kill someone. Right, yeah. No, yeah. 100%. Good, clean, concrete death. Mm-hmm. And very symbolic. Mm-hmm. And also looks cool as hell. Oh, it's very so cool. So bonus style points. Absolutely. Okay, great. Do you think it's the same bust in this one as it is in Talented Mr. Ripley? The exact same one. Absolutely, yeah. yes. That see, it like I'm found a way you, to go back to Ripley. I know that like all Roman busts look the same, but like the bust that Channing Tatum looks at looks like Hadrian. It's I bet it hair. is. I'm I bet it you. is. Well, it's, he, he's set at Hadrian's wall. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be his father. But whatever. It's, cool it's not it's important. It's very cool if it's Adrian. Um, but anyway, so we have to stand. Speaking of just Roman busts and things like that, I think it is hilarious that just in general with armor that men will literally create armor to look so much sexier than oh, they actually are. You mean Channing Tatum's fake His abs? His fake abs? Yes, men will literally armor. draw abs on to feel tougher and more secure about themselves in it's, battle. It's like how the Batman suit has yes. like fake abs. Like and why stuff in why it. do they do, always do this? Like why can't men just be comfortable being who they are? It's the same thing as like you see female armor and it's like right. you have separate like boob holding pieces <laughs> when like in reality you would not have that <laughs> well, even need, a little bit. You need a container for each boob. Each boob separately. Separate. A little like covering instead so of, fancy. I don't know, a regular ass breastplate. Right. A normal piece of armor. Yes. Yeah, Anyways. Anyway. So he's at the wall. We're at some fort. There's an attack. The barbarians are attacking. Dennis O'Hare is there. None of this first act is even remotely nope. important. Nope. Um, long story short, Channing Tatum gets a, a, a knife wheel to the leg from one of the barbarians chariots. <laughs> yes. And apparently saves like the whole ass for it. Right. Right. Of course. As one does, because one he does. goes out to battle and leading everybody. You yeah. Know, of course. He has he's a to good be leader. He's yes. trying to prove himself and he does prove himself because he's good at his job it's like people don't trust him and everything like that but he never really makes a bad decision so at that point you're like if he's made it this far and is so clearly a talented leader you're really still going to be like you know what you're reminding me of your father i think you're going to let us down yeah i think the idea is that like when he gets honorably discharged they like give him a medal of bravery and stuff like that and they like reward the fort the garrison um but he still gets honorably discharged and then he's like he's like this is personal now right this is not about like proving myself it's about like getting my groove back oh, uh, oh. is this just austin powers How he's fighting his, his moto back um, mojo mojo yeah so anyway he gets hurt super hurt and he ends up chilling at his, Donald Sutherland. his uncle's villa somewhere in the very British cool. countryside. I mean, I would love to live in something like this. Just like walk around with a robe, mm-hmm. you know, grapes on the table. The yeah. doors are always open. Seems it's, like a great it's life. It's so idealistic. Like, Absolutely. I don't, or it's so idyllic, I guess I should say. It is just, there's nothing better. No, we really, you know what? I'm going to double down. We really do need an ancient set, no plot, just vibes movie. We need a hangout movie. Like, where are they? Yeah. They should exist. That's, okay. I think that there should be a lot more films about the ancient world. Kind of, that's why I like Agora. Because it's kind of like an intellectual drama. That's great. About medicine and philosophy and like right. the like that of is not Right, where it doesn't have to be like a giant fight movie. But the because these movies are so expensive they always end up being these war epics because like that's the only right type of genre that can like you know you got to hit all four quadrants exactly but like i would love to see 
like first cow but in but ancient, ancient greece Rome, yeah you know yeah i think that would be nice and maybe that's when it's like yeah it's just two guys hanging out and it's a little indie but just happens to be an ancient Rome. this movie i mean i'm not gonna lie it kind of gets into that vibe when they're on the road right i mean it's like they're on horseback it's like the two of them just like well, in the middle of nowhere it's definitely a way to save money because this oh, cast is extremely sure. small yeah but you know it's very like aggro yeah. most of the time yeah and but i mean like, like no i don't mean like in terms of like the in literally first cow but i mean just like in terms of like hitting the country you know what right. i mean just like just totally outside of the city yeah yeah but so i think there should be a larger range of movies about the ancient world i agree but it's very rare because it's so expensive. it's never gonna happen yeah, yeah sad no. sad anyway you know what Brooke, be the change that you want to see in the world yeah I'll, I'll you can make it happen. <laughs> My ancient Roman rom-com. Coming I love. Soon. So I think the biggest thing that happens when he goes with Donald Sutherland is the two of them go to see a battle. A gladiator a fight. A gladiator duel. A like little mini town gladiator fight mm-hmm. where people still fight to the death because Rome. Why not? <laughs> the masks feels like having i get having the front and the back you know for your helmet mask whatever he's wearing yeah but that feels like it would be so bad how are you going to be able to see peripherally or anything you know that was like most masks you like can't see anything out right that's why like armor was re or helmets were redesigned to have like these big the ability to uh see eye holes because you can't yes. see shit yeah like if you're a knight what the fuck are you doing you're swinging your sword around in clunky armor right you can't you can't see anything people back then were so dumb i know <laughs> let's in, you know what let's just dunk on ancient <laughs> times as much as we can I, in one breath we're like god i just want to go live in a villa in the second right. one we're like all these people Fucking are so idiots. stupid they were go not... die of a hundred diseases no but it's like dude colonizers fucked up everything okay ancient cities had like running water and plumbing and yeah. like clean city streets and then fucking white people are we shocked we're like you know what no let's be dirty i'm I, I think about it so I, frequently i always think about like how intellectuals were viewed as the enemy back then and how people would literally like ban smart people right and like try to kill them because they were raising salient points and i'm like oh that hasn't left our society <laughs> we're still this dumb like we're people literally stupid. go for people who are telling them the truth and they're like you know what i don't like that you're saying something that makes me feel stupid i'm going to try to kill you like how like the the what is it called the solar the entire pandemic <laughs> Right, yeah, but like basically the debate about whether the sun was the center oh, of the yeah. universe, where the earth was the yes. center of the universe, yeah. Like, oh my god, it's stupid. Galileo, go away. That's Galileo. what they were like. <laughs> we Galileo canceled. Mm. Um, okay. Do you think Galileo would be canceled in today's society? Absolutely. Is he the Neil deGrasse Tyson of, or he's not canceled? But Neil deGrasse Tyson is just a killjoy. Yeah, he's not canceled. I mean, that's probably how they viewed Galileo. They were like, Galileo, you want to come drink? <laughs> Such a and fucking nerd, like, you fucking loser. <laughs> um, Plato was like getting, getting, getting it though. Oh, for sure. Plato and Socrates. Arist- oh, I feel like Aristotle. Aristotle was definitely getting down. Oh yeah. He and Alexander. I'm sure they. Oh, you know. Did they? I don't think they crossed paths. No, Aristotle was Alexander's like teacher. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, they. Uh, aristotle in alexander the movie oh see i'm not even lying when like i say that they there's a extremely high chance that they had sex oh for sure yeah it was like sort of like a rite of passage to have sex with your students which is like not Uh, great to think about but also most of these people were fully grown adults yep so that's maybe a little better anyway 
we'll move on back to this movie so yeah so who's they're who's the in the center of fight. the arena <laughs> um but one Jamie Bell. Bell playing this dude named Eska just a terrible name in my opinion and, uh very bad but he's coming out he looks good he's cut he as looks, fuck well it's hilarious watching Channing Tatum shirtless and like Channing Tatum's build and the person that Eska is going to fight against. And then you cut to Jamie Bell, who I don't know how tall he is or whatever, but the way that they shoot him makes Jamie Bell look so small and like a child. But like he's got oh, he's got some muscles, muscles. Of course. but like he's a small dude. Yeah. He's a dancer. No, I love Jamie Bell. Don't get me wrong. I just think it's the way that they shoot it. They're like really trying to sell like this man is not going to be able to put up a fight. Also, for the record, he's 5'7". Good. Yeah. Good for him. So... Because, like, the height difference in this movie is insane. Yes. Very clear to see. Yeah. Jamie Tatum is so tall. Jamie Tatum is a monster. Yeah. And Jamie Bell is so little. A little boy. But, like, he's 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 ripped. I love Jamie Bell in this. Anyways, so Jamie Bell, instead of fighting, what does he do? He just kind of stands there with honor. But gets beat up, essentially. Waits to get killed. And everyone is yelling, kill him, kill him. And doing the and thumbs down. the tension's building. It's roaring. Channing Tatum off can't really watch as this this man just lays down his life as he's just not putting up a fight and then Channing Tatum starts looking at him and thinking in his mind do am I attracted to this man is this something is this love that I'm feeling in my heart do I have a heart on for this young boy named Eska oh my god I mean, literally, it's like a love at first sight thing where he's getting beat up and Channing then stands up and is like, no, let him live. And then then convinces the entire entire audience to get along with him and to not kill Jamie Bell. That's the power of gay love. And then Donald Sutherland is literally like, why did you save him? And I think we all know the answer. Yeah, that's the thing is this movie loves asking the question and then not giving an answer that's in a heterosexual way so right. you have to think oh why did he save him right like, and it's never ooh, explained these questions unanswered but we know we why. know why we know why we know we know and um, so donald sutherland as a gift uh buys jamie bell for Jamie tatum <laughs> super fucked up <laughs> so awful um and then they just kind of start hanging out and they sort of hate each other but jamie bell's like hey you saved my life and i'm a man of honor so i'm duty bound to serve you and to prove that i'm gonna give you my dagger that was my My father's father's dagger yes um and as long as you have it i am bound to serve you great um and channing tatum's like i don't want you to serve me i like the point where they have to do surgery on channing tatum this scene yes okay great we're here oh my god so channing tatum's leg is like still infected essentially and they have to like do surgery on it homoerotic shrapnel removal absolutely and so instead of channing just like biting on something or you know face down doing something they have uh jamie bell hold him down on the table with their faces i want to say five inches apart it's so it's extremely intimate and it's they make be, it's beyond intimate they make a whole point of it is there is he's like okay well we need the slave to hold you down and Channing Tatum's like can't my uncle do it and Don Sutherland is like no and leaves the room and it's very extended and then they're like okay you gotta hold him and then they're like hold him more firmly like you have to actually hold grasp him, down. him yes yeah and it's sort of like it's so intimate it, and like they're, sexually charged yes they're very much like face to face and just kind they're of like staring into each other's staring eyes into each other's eyes yeah it's so in- intimate 
it's an erotic you're it's like good. are you gonna like kiss while in pain it's definitely there's some eye fucking happening absolutely um it's, it's wild that it's, they have this the way that they shoot this and he scene has like jamie has like one hand on channing tatum's forehead yes kind of like holding him it's, it's and they're like both <laughs> kind of sweating yeah so anyway that that's a great scene very very good and then his leg is a little bit better. Um, Ish. But his pride is still wounded. Some annoying Roman senators come to talk shit about Channing Tatum's father. Of course. Um, As one does back then, you just come over to someone else's house and be like, your dad fucking sucks, mm-hmm. and then walk away. This is the salami sub guy. It is. Um, he smacks his salami sub onto the table. Hanging out in some togas. And Channing Tatum is like, you know what? I've had enough of being disrespected in my own home. I'm going to go find in my this, uncle's home. This stupid lost eagle in my own home that I don't own. And he he's so rude to Donald Sutherland. He's like, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life hanging out in some villa drinking wine. Right. It's like, why I not? would love to do that. I would rather go die in the woods like a man. Like, why not chill in a villa and have some wine? That sounds like a dream life, honey. I know. But, um... And but then then he, I feel like they, essentially this is important to know is that they have word that potentially that there's they've like a sighting of the ninth right or something like that. Oh, I do not remember. I think they like get like some people have like caught wind that his father's legion or whatever is maybe alive. Is like potentially alive out in the highlands or right. whatever. And so Channing is like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Let's find that eagle. Right. And he sort of volunteers Jamie Bell to come with him. Right. He's like, oh, Esco will come with me. It's fine. Right. And Donald Sutherland's like, no, he'll turn on you and kill you. And Channing's like, no, he I won't. trust him. Because we are good, close, personal friends. And there's absolutely nothing queer about us. He gave me his dagger. Okay. You don't just give someone a dagger and not mean it. I mean, they, I feel like the thing is like, there's such trust built between them. For no That reason. we never really see in these sort of things so like just the inherent trust and companionship and the relationship dynamic that they set up is just so like a couple right you know they're like lifelong companions yeah yeah it's it's good they're meant they're meant to be together absolutely because then like we said they trek through the wilderness for a while a long time well i mean it is cool i really think it's gorgeous when you sort of hit hit the road in britain and like you're in the countryside. It's like really cool, gorgeous and they go vistas. The snow. Yeah. There's a bunch of like lakes and glens and stuff. Yeah, it's it's really pretty. Because the beginning at the fort is really not that visually uh, interesting. It's muddy. And I was kind of disappointed. Um, but yeah, the once they like get into the highlands of Britain, it's it's really beautiful. Oh yeah. Um apparently they shot this in Hungary. That's cool. So um, and also in Scotland a little bit. That makes sense. Which does make a lot of sense. So... I mean, they're going to literally the edge of the world. Like, they keep saying, like, the world ends here. And right. there are two lovers going to the edge of the world you together. can't survive north of the wall. Ugh. Idiots. But they do survive together. Do. I mean, have you ever sworn an oath to never leave someone's side? Mm-hmm. You it's and your so lover. Nice. Brooke... Picture this. You're a Roman soldier marching along. Mm -hmm. By your side, you have a trusty person. And who is that person? Not Jamie Bell. It's actually a company. And the best company. Yep. (laughs) You guessed it. We are here to talk about Super Yaki, the best internet merch shop there has ever been. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> truly you know, they, conquering empires left and right. They talk about the seven wonders of the world. And you know what deserves to be up on there? Super Yaki. Super Yaki. Yeah, they fucking do. Because guess what? The team there has dedicated every waking moment of their lives to bringing us top quality merchandise to showcase our love for the movies. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, socks, mugs, pins. The list goes on and on. You know Aprons, what? tote bags. I bet if Channing Tatum from the movie The Eagle yes. was transported to today, he would be wearing Super Yaki merch. Absolutely. He would love it. Like his character and not just Channing Tatum yes, as a person. No, Channing Tatum the character. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. You know, I don't know how sustainable Rome was, but Super Yaki is super Hella sustainable. sustainable. Let me tell you. They did not let Rome burn. We are talking eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, shipping with compostable poly mailers. All right. It is a great environmentally friendly shop that you can feel good about. And hey, guess what? What? We've got a little insider scoop for you some is this like a piece of armor to save us some exciting advantage for you on the battlefield 10 percent off oh my goodness your order oh my goodness with code super qq that's all caps no spaces baby you already know what it is so if the spirit moves you like the spirit moved channing tatum in the movie the eagle (laughs) you can find all this and more at superyaki.com that's s-u-p-e-r-y-a-k-i com let's conquer the empire and watch more movies and the eagle as everybody says watch the eagle for sure what's the next thing that happens they meet mark strong they meet mark strong gurn i guess right gurn what what is he so he he's one of the ninth legion yes he's like a not necessarily a deserter well they think he's a deserter well i think the thing is like that yeah they think that he deserted the dad and he doesn't really give a lot of information. But he's like, I can show you the place where the Ninth Legion died. Right. And Jamie Bell knew sort of where these things were. Knew that it existed, but didn't want to say. Right. Um, and like doesn't know anything about Channing Tatum's father. Right. Um, but so they find the place where ostensibly the Ninth Legion all died. There's a bunch of skulls and armor and stuff like that. Yeah. And then... Channing Tatum and Jamie Bell have a homoerotic yelling match. They tumble around in the woods and or no, and tackle each in other like a off. field together. They tackle each other off their horses. Yes. It feels like Brokeback Mountain, like when they're wrestling. Like right. that's the vibe we're getting. Yeah. And um when they're in the middle of fighting, they look up and they're surrounded by who else but the SEAL people. Honestly, <laughs> this is a good costume. Yeah, no business. great. No, it's, it's great. Fun. It's cool. There are all these like you know, British barbarians? No, they're actual seals. They they use seal... Real seal animals. Pelts. Uh-huh. You're so funny, Jordan. No one has seen this movie. They don't know they what you're could, talking that's about. That's why I could sell it. I'm like, this is actually like Lord of the Rings. They're called seals because they are really seal people. It's so cool. I don't know where they would get all these seal pelts, but they're like covered in seal pelts. No, and they cool. wear this gray face paint. So yes. they, they look like seals and they have like mohawks. And base, what it's important, it's like Jamie Bell knows like the languages of like, like Celtic, Gaelic, Gaelic, right, exactly. Something like We're that. We're probably messing this up. Totally. But, I mean, um, like we said, this it's movie so is much playing business. real fast and loose with like... Oh, you're saying this might not history, be historically accurate? But I don't think it's historically like inaccurate. No, it's just, it's it's wheeling and dealing with a lot of facts, I think. Yeah. But basically like with the SEAL people, 
Jamie Bell is able to communicate with them and they have like a trust for him. Right. But then when Channing Tatum, they're like, who is this Roman centurion? We don't like him. We don't like the Why Romans. is his hair combed over forwards? They, Why are his bangs like this? They're the invaders. But right. Jamie Bell, always with a plan, is like, oh, he's my slave. Great. Role reversal. I audibly gasped. I was like, oh, whoa. When you go from being on bottom to being on top. Yeah, literally. <laughs> switching the positions we love baby. good for them um so then yeah for like the next 20, 20 minutes, minutes at least there's a it's actually like 30 minutes yeah um Channing Tatum has to pretend to be Jamie Bell's slave and he's Gets like I up. will kill you if I have the chance and Jamie Bell's like don't fucking talk to me in front of all these people and is really he's selling it i mean he sells it he sells it so hard that channing tatum believes it which is so funny but we can skip through all of that business i mean it's that's where i sort of started to check out where i was like there's so much business happening right now and this could be like five minutes but no i think that they really wanted to sell like they sell the fake out yeah because i was i was convinced i was like what is this movie gonna turn into well i think i knew i was i sort of feel like i had a gut feeling that there was no way that they were going to have Jamie betray Channing. Right. So I knew that he was going to come back at some point and I get, I totally see selling it. I just wish I was more on board. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I was just kind of along for the ride. Totally. How I actually, I find that how I watch a lot of movies where I'm not sure where it's going is I just kind of like sit there and I'm like, all right, I'm sure. Let's roll. I'm sure the answer will be revealed to me in 25 minutes. Oh, absolutely. Um, but basically the only important thing to note is that they find out that the seal people have the eagle. Yes. They and, see the actual eagle. Yes. The titular eagle. And Shining Tatum tries to take it and they knock him unconscious. Uh, uh, knock him out immediately. But then. But then in the dead of night. There we go. When everyone's he wakes sleeping. Up. He wakes up and who's standing over him? Jamie Bell. And he says, I thought I'd lost you. No, that that comes later. I think. Right? No, that's. Oh, they say yeah. then. Mm. Yeah. Because he's like, oh my gosh, are you alive? Oh, right, right, right. I yes, yes, I'd yes. Lost oh you. my God, it is then. Right. That line delivery, that's, I think that seals the deal, right? It's very romantic. That seals the deal. <laughs> Good one. Thank Good you. one. Because Jamie Bell is immediately like, okay, come on, get up. We got to get the eagle. Like, I got you, dude. Right. Let's go. Yes. Immediately just as back on board. Oh, absolutely. This, like, they're queer lovers and they're desperate for each other. Yeah. And they find, like, when you think that your your boyfriend has been cheating on you, guess what? No, he's right there. It was a long Kong to save your life. Mm -hmm. Cute. Cute. Um, This, I mean, that portion of the movie is where we get some Jamie Bell backstory and he has this big conversation with one of the SEAL people about how like he left Rome because he wanted to be free and like he wanted to be his own man, which I think is interesting. Um, But that, that pays off later. And then it becomes a 15 minute chase sequence over all of England. So they steal the Eagle, but the SEAL people are right behind him. The, The SEAL people on foot, them on horse, but the SEAL people able to keep up because they know the terrain exactly and they can go where the horses can't i mean this contains a lot of hits such as homoerotic wound bandaging Mm -hmm. homoerotic cliff climbing homoerotic eating an animal raw oh god that scene was so rough it's actually very gross very gross Jenny's like i would never eat that i would rather die and jamie's like well you will you will die if you don't eat this um but it's great channing tatum's leg wound reopens so jamie bell is like helping let him me along. take care of you lots of shoulder leaning but eventually channing tatum is too weak to go on and they fall into a river and jamie bell's like okay you know what wait here and i'll come back for you <sighs> and, and then there's waited. so much to happen yes. there's so much that happens right 
here. Let's go. Because Channing Tatum's like, no, you know what? Don't, if you find horses, come back for me, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about me. Like, you need to go. You need to get this eagle. Save yourself. Back to Rome and and save yourself. And Jamie Bell's like, no, I swore an oath to protect you. I will not break my word. And Channing Tatum's like, you can break your word. I don't care. We had our vows at the altar. Yeah. I said I do. I'm letting, I'm giving you permission. And Jamie Bell's like, no, I swore an oath. And Channing Tatum is like, okay, you know what? Here, I'll set you free. Great. And Thank hands God. the dagger back to Jamie Bell. And then Jamie Bell grips his face in a very non-heterosexual way and is like, I'm still going to come back for you. Yep. Yep. Can you believe? Because like, you know, obviously that's the best. That's the best moment. But it's yes. sort of like Jamie Bell's like, hey, if you just free me, then we'll be done with this. Right, right. But it's past the point of like, their relationship like their relationship has blossomed into a serious sincere thing so that he wants to come back for him like he loves this man he's not gonna let him die here alone in the middle of the mud right but you might think that like in a worse movie he'd be like okay thanks for freeing me bye bitch right but no but no i'll be back for you i'll be back and it's raining and they're staring into each other's eyes it's great and gripping each other's heads it's so good it's so good and then they do that arm claspy thing yes no i think that's important is like where you grab each other's forearms not each other's hands yes yes very tender very tender and then jamie bell runs off and then he returns with the ninth legion all of the ninth legion and mark strong is like actually i found the ninth legion we were all here the whole time we've been chilling somewhere in these woods totally not explained but who's who's right on their heels jordan but the seals they're slipping along And they have this great river fight. Absolutely. In the water. A lot of fun. Tatum drowns a man with his bare hands. Like the leader, essentially, I think. Yes. Yes. Um, He saves Jamie Bell's life at one point. Jamie Bell is about to get killed. And who comes there to save him? Channing. The final sword block. I was expecting for Jamie Bell to come back when Channing was drowning that guy and do the reverse, which doesn't happen. But that's okay. I also was so worried one of them was about to die during the sequence. I actually thought that they were going to kill one of them off. And then they died. Die in each other's arms. And then they both get what do they get restored, Brooke? The one thing that all of these people care so much about? Honor! They go back, they smack that eagle onto a table, and they're like, look at the size of our dicks. We did it. They go to the salami eaten Roman senators and they're like, hey bitches, guess what? The Ninth Legion was not dishonored. Um, and they're like yo, why are you hanging out with this slave? Right. And, uh, he's like, Tatum's he like, is not a slave. He's not my slave. He's my best friend. Uh, he's my lover. And then it becomes a buddy comedy in okay. the last 90 seconds. And, and the, no, I would, Brooke, I would argue in the last 30 seconds, it becomes an entire tonal switch. Right. Where they're walking out. So they've, they're like, okay, we're going to leave now. Channing and Jamie are walking out. The two of them smile and look at each other and they go, so what now? What do you want to do? Yeah, Channing Tatum or Jamie Bell asks, so what now? And Channing Tatum goes, you decide. What? And then like smashed to black. The smiles and the way that they shoot it looks like a comedy. Yeah, well, it looks like they just sort of it, it feels like a buddy comedy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we, we just cracked next? the case. Like what's exactly. next? Exactly. Is it the eagles? <laughs> the eagles. Like what? The bronze eagle? What are we going to go find next? The eagle to life in the country. Mm. Um, but as we mentioned, that is the theatrical ending and not the alternate ending, which where is they where they say, fuck grow some you horses. to the Roman yeah. senators. I think it's like, I Grow think it's, it was, it's probably more of like 
a thematic arc for them not to bring the eagle back but i guess that if i was like a test audience i'd be like i feel well, like this you want to see the eagle back disappointing yeah. like what what is it's this been, been so about? much about the eagle they right. gotta sort of bring the eagle back it's also like a little bit of a fuck you to the you know the people the in rome yeah, yeah which is nice like i love to see like them get like a little bit of an ego check that's nice and it's exciting to see jamie bell and Channing tatum on equal footing yes, like yes. in in public you know it's like going out in public with your boyfriend, your boyfriend. And being like this is my boyfriend yep and, and they try to insult and you're like i'm sorry are you trying to like make fun of my boyfriend right now my boyfriend i love him yeah we're great you can fuck off they just like have the, they just have like a really good dynamic it's really cute the height difference is crazy. I'm looking at it. I mean, I, I get a gif right now, and Jamie Bell we'll like tweet the gif. He comes up to Channing Tatum's shoulder. Shoulder, yes. He's so little. Yes, I think it's a mixture of the two, where he's like a little on the shorter end, and Channing Tatum is on the tall. Is big, yeah. right? He's tall, so no matter what you're putting next to Channing Tatum, like anyone's gonna look small. It's sort of that thing with like Jenna Dewan or like all these love interests in his movies, where <laughs> they're just so tiny. They're, they're the size of his shorts and like his pants. You know what I mean? Like where they come up to like his chest. So are we feeling a Channing Tatum Elizabeth Debicki love story? Oh, that would be iconic. <laughs> just some tall Too people. Tall pe- How tall is? Because Sandra Bullock's his next love interest, right? Oh, in right. the Lost City of D. How tall is Mrs. Bullock? Lost City of D. Well, let me see. Channing Tatum, for the record, six three, is six, right? he's 6'1". Six 6'1", one. Six one, okay. Um, I, feel I like believe we that. we talked about this in another episode. We did. And Sandra Bullock is... Wow, it does not say. Let's see. I'm going to find I'm gonna, this She gives out. me like 5'5 five, five energy, you know? Sandra Bullock height. 5'7". Oh, so like 5'6". I'm 5'6". So she's I like see that. my... Go queen. Yeah. yeah. So she'll look the exact same as Jamie she'll Bell. She'll look normal. Because isn't Jenna doing like tiny? Jenna, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Great. There we go. Anyways. Anyway. Um, wow. They The height difference is really good. I also, for those that might not know, height difference is a very important factor to thing. shipping. Yes. On the internet is like people love height differences. Oh, absolutely. I don't know why. There's just so many gifts of it where it'll be like X ship and height difference. I think height is such a thing with shipping and romance and like online, like love interest discord, like everywhere. Right. You know, it's I, people are always like, oh, short or not or tall. Like they want to fit. Like they love a height difference because you can like fit into someone. Like Jamie Bell could probably curl into a ball and fit on Channing Tatum's test, chest. <laughs> on his chest. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know. It's just like their dynamics are really good because they feel they feel like they could take each other though. Like the wrestling scene or like we said, the surgery scene when he's holding him down. You're like, yeah. I, this they're, makes sense. They're on equal, totally. equal footing. They just have like a cute little height difference. They're so in love. Oh my God. It's impossible to ignore in this movie. I thought that it, we... You know, when we both watch a movie cold, I would say, what's your experience watching this movie for the first time? Uh, we both know that ours was a few days ago. And by that, we mean yesterday. But I, I was a little nervous because sometimes people on the internet will be ship- saying that this is a relationship or really trying hard to sell like the queer undertones. Uh, and this movie, right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no digging. Yeah, no, it's right there. I mean... And I think that like everyone can see it. Oh, totally. And it Donald is... Sutherland gets it. He's like, Donald I'm going to like, Donald Sutherland literally probably buys Jamie Bell because he was like, he ships oh, it. you've never like expressed a relationship interest in any other person, like woman or man before, except for this boy. They even have those couple of random things where they're like, as we know, all the Romans love to defile women and Channing Tatum is like, 
what? Not me. No, I'm, I'm a good person, which I'm sure they were like, we don't want to get into that yeah, sticky yeah. part of history. You know that fanfic that I was, oh, no. that I mentioned earlier? Oh, well, no. Well, I've, I've been skimming it because I was like, when do we, when do we get to the good stuff? Because it's a one shot, which means that it's really quick. Sure. I got to it. Um, a direct quote, Marcus swallows hard and licks his lips. I want you to fuck me. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. I Good hate times. that. I hate that. It's going to happen. No, I don't. I don't. Happen what? In the sequel? It's going to happen in that fic if you keep reading. I don't. I, that's all we need to read. Yeah, no, we're good. Um, No dramatic readings on Mike. Um, but yeah, like as evidenced from that and from the the <laughs> the abundance of fan content that I have been checking out for the past couple of days, um, a lot of people like this movie a whole lot. How would we ship? What's what's their ship name? So it's Mesca. Mesca. All right. You already had it down. Name. Great. Oh, I searched it. Great. They, they have their own entry on fandom shipping wiki. Hashtag Mesca. Let's go. Like that's that's big. Let's get it. You know what? Let's get it trending. Let's get it trending. Hashtag Mesca. Mesca. If you two Hashtag agree, Mesca. Hashtag the Eagle too. Hashtag why no sequel. Truly. At whatever <laughs> studio made this. I we think, have questions. Wait, yeah, literally, what studio did make this? That is such a universal home entertainment. So oh, they but distributed also it's, it. it's a focus. It's a focus film. That's what it, I was a focus. Yes, yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah, and film four, I mm-hmm. think. It's oh yeah, right. It was a cross. Actually, it was a U.S. U.K. co-production between Focus and Film Four, which makes sense because Jamie Bell. Great. And all the Brits. Yes, we and love. that's why there are probably so many Brits playing Americans. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it was like a, all strong. British cast except for like Donald Sutherland and Jamie Bell and Dennis O'Hare. Well, Jamie Bell is not Jamie. Oh, fuck, Jamie Channing. Tatum. Yeah, Channing. <laughs> yes, um, the person that we've been talking about for three weeks. You know, when Jamie Bell showed up at the beginning of this, I was like, he really like he should have had the career that Tom Holland yes. had. Eric yes. mentioned it in our, our yeah. Rocketman Bo Rap episode. Yes. And I was like, he looks so much like him. He They're has, so similar. The same physique, the right. same height. He has the build for something like Spider-Man. Yes. And I love Tom Holland. I don't think we need to pit two kings against each other. Why did he, why, why did they make him the thing? I know. Literally what? It's such a waste. I just like, I just want, I just want Jamie Bell to have a great to have, career to have yes. it all. I think we can look honestly, as we've mentioned before, we're huge Jamie Bell fans. It really was so nice watching two of my favorite actors on screen together. And like, they're just together the whole great time. Chemistry, and I right. think they do have great chemistry. Yes. No, it's one of those things. Like sometimes like I'll always be like, look, if it's Michael Shannon and something like I'm in it. So like, I'll want like a Shannon X Tatum or whatever, but like we got a bell Tatum and it's actually good. Yeah, it's like it's so rare when you want something so bad and you get it for it to live up to what you want. They were while it wasn't a perfect movie. The two of them gave good performances. They work very well together. Yes. Um, and like from what I understand, like I don't know how much press exists for this movie. Uh, zero. But like, there's a bunch of interviews with them together, and they seem like they're kind of like buddy buddy, just buddy buddy messing around. Channing Tatum is like always hilarious in interviews. Oh I my feel god, like he can never keep his shit together. What's well, the one with? Was it Adam Driver or where he like? There's one with Channing like talking about like how beautiful Adam Driver is, or vice versa. During Logan Lucky and oh. it is one of the most iconic gifts because like one of them feels the other's arm up. Oh, it's yeah. great. Well, I remember there's a great side effects interview where Channing Tatum talks about Jude Law for like five oh, minutes yeah. straight and then it cuts to Jude Law and Jude Law is like, 
uh what it's yeah. really i love good. it oh it's the thing that we've talked about with channing where it's like this man is so earnest and is just so upfront with how he feels about everything like a golden retriever and right. so like i believe everything that he'll say yeah but like they're interviews for the eagle they're just like in stitches That's and so cute. just giggling and they they seem to you know have a cute little friendship so it's really nice yeah, and then the movie came out and and nobody watched it that was it okay let me let me drop some stats for you real quick yes please how much um, did it make the production budget was 25 yes. million dollars which is honestly really good that's great i miss mid-budget movies we miss i miss mid-budget movies and i i don't think that like budget is the problem with this no i honestly just think that it should be more engaging yes. maybe they should have had like a better hook for it I just to think, bring people to the theater. I just think this is a movie that it's just no matter which way you sort of cross-examine it, it's going to be sort of hard to sell. Right. So they I just, just it's, I don't think it was going to make that much money from the beginning. You know what I mean? I just don't think it's that sort of movie. They need a better hook. Yeah. They need a, a like a flashier way in. Right. Um, Other than like, look, these men are looking for an eagle. Exactly. I didn't even know about like the life-saving business. No. I think because it's kind of pitched as like this centurion and his slave go, right, to go find on the road. This thing, exactly. Like, That's why I had such a like I was so I was shocked. Like, I don't know about this, but I think it would be better if it was like these two men bonded by a life debt or forced to yeah. go like restore the honor of all of Rome or Absolute, something. Absolutely. You know, you have like a trailer guy doing a voice. Perfect. In a world. In ancient Rome. In ancient Rome. Two men will try to be so straight, but want to get it on so bad. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, $25,000 production budget overall worldwide. This made $38 million. So this movie lost money. It, you know, it technically made money, but in the grand scheme of things, it probably lost did yes. lo lose money. But like I said, it opened in over 2,000 theaters, but it opened at number four, which Oof. is so sad. And then, to, like, do we know what it was against or now? Um, let's see. Because I would actually be interested to but see what by, came out that by weekend. week number four. It was at 300 theaters. Oh, yeah, God, that's just a steep drop. Like a stone. <laughs> like literally, like Channing Tatum in this movie. Okay, here is. The weekend of February 11th, yes. 2011. 211, 2011. Good weekend. Great weekend. Good weekend. What was it? Okay. I'm so interested. Number one, just go with it. Um, wow. Coming in hot. Wow, my family loves that movie. Yeah. And I watched it for the first time while home on Christmas break. Coming in and hot. I'll you, not great. $30 million. Sure. Next for its one. opening weekend. Number two, Justin Bieber, Never Say Never. Never Say Never. A film Great. that I saw in theaters. Wow. I've never seen it. And I, I wasn't even a Justin Bieber stand. Brooke, did you ever say never? I wasn't a believer. I don't know why I saw it, but like me and my mom went to go see I it. I love this. I don't know why. It's anyway, um, number three, Nomeo and Juliet. Wow. And number four, The Eagle. What's is, five? Just yeah, to round it out. The Roommate, which was number one last week. And what coming the in hell hot is the roommate at number six is the King's Speech. Isn't the, I think the roommate is some horror movie about college. a roommate. I think what yes, if, a psychological thriller a about a deranged college freshman who's who becomes obsessed with her new roommate. Who's in it? Great. These Ooh, um, it's tagged under LGBTQ. Are we about to do the roommate? Uh, it's Leeton Meester and oh, Minka Kelly. Oh, okay. oh, Daniel Harris is in this now. Daniel Ackles married to Jensen Ackles, star of Supernatural. Oh my god, I just pulled up the poster. This movie looks goofy. This is released wide. We could cover this movie. Okay, the tags on thenumbers.com 
are keywords, new girl in school, college, LGBTQ+, mental illness, psychological thriller, obsessive love. Okay, you know what? Do you want to add this one to the list great. real quick? Um, this movie, Brooke, you're missing out on two key points of casting. One, that Billy Zane is in it. Oh. And two, that Allie from Allie and AJ is also in this movie. I forgot that Allie from Allie and AJ had like a brief acting career. Yes. She's in Secretariat. Yes. Yeah. Wait, Brooke. Dude, Daniil Harris. We should Daniel do this Ackles. next week. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, we're definitely going to cover the remake. I bet it's a one so hour and problematic, minute dude. Movie. Can't... Oh, this definitely has the problematic lesbian crazy yeah. trope going on. Obsessive uh, There's sapphics. zero chance that this movie from 20 2011 is handling PC politics well. But I mean, like, I love a good, like, trashy thriller, especially when it opened wide. Oh, totally. So, um, can we also this should just, be fun. Can we talk about how this movie, or sorry, Back to the Eagle, was right. on HBO Max and how HBO Max is literally such a good library like i was like expecting to pay 2.99 for this movie and the but fact that it was just, just on chilling. hbo max i was like great so everyone cool. should go watch this it's it's so short it's like an hour and 50 minutes yeah. i was expecting like a two and a half hour oh, God, epic. Yeah. it flies by to be honest like, like an eagle uh, yeah but like a decent amount of stuff happens yeah no it's uh very plotty yeah but like not in a bad way where i was like no. oh there's a new thing happening right now oh there's a new thing and also like it was it was pitched as an hbo films production like i feel like when it started it was like an dun, HBO dun. Films no that's production. before anything on hbo max oh the dun but, dun dun, dun. One? No, but it like said in HBO Films production. Really? Yeah. I swear to God. And I was like, was Whoa. it? We'll have to investigate. I don't know. Um, not that that Anyways. Matters. All right. Should we round out our eagle to then move into closing statements on Channing. Mr. Channing? The one and only Channing Tatum. Yeah. So let's really quickly, you want to guess the letterbox rating for this thing? Uh, do I? Oh boy. Okay. Literally nobody has watched this I, movie. Wait, can actually, can, how many reviews and how many logs does this movie okay, have? We have 472 reviews. Oh no. That is no, so no, no. low. That's So when you, if there's a letterboxd where they have like reviews under the Ks, that's where I'm always nervous. Under because, 1K you mean? Yes. There was a, a Channing Tatum movie that we'll discuss momentarily where there was 32 reviews for it. Wow! Yeah, wild. Anyways, Fully so exist. and how many fourteen k people? people have watched it. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say three two. Final answer. Final answer. It's a two seven. Oh wow, really? It's low. That's Most low, people that's way gave lower than I thought. Three stars, which I think is rude. I think I, it's well, that's, better than my that. thought was like about most people giving it like a three, you know, and then maybe some people like me and you that. gave three, like a three I and a half. I gave it a three and a half. Yeah. But on the queer quadrant. On the queer quadrant, where's this land? You're pulling back a bow. No, no, you're not pulling back a bow. You're grabbing an eagle and you're hurling it through the gates of Rome to land on a target. Are you done? Yes. Okay. Personally, on the queer quadrant, I give this, I think also three and a half stars. It's, it's it's gay. Oh, it's very you know? gay. I mean, I was uh, no. I'm shocked you did. Th- I thought you were going to go four. No. So I mean, like they don't. You know, it's they don't smooch. If I, they kissed once, it would have been an, a solid five. Oh yeah, I think basically not that like kissing is the end all be all because like something can be explicitly totally. queer yeah. without people kissing. But like, yeah, that's Their obviously. Look at the end almost sells me a little bit more. But I'm gonna also, you know, I'm gonna give a three and a half as well. I okay. think. Yeah, because I was I was teetering between a three to a three and a half. 
It's but definitely I, very homo romantic, I yes, would say. Yes. Yeah. Homo romantic is actually a very good way to pitch a this movie. A little more tender than homo erotic. A yes. little less aggro than homo erotic. Which I enjoy, actually. Me too. It was very nice to have a tender masculine story. It is tender. And I feel like that's the Jamie Bell and the Channing Tatum power is oh, that they're, they're the such sweet boys. The two of them boys. are very soft boys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's what we've discovered throughout our weeks is that both of these men are very good at playing sensitive kind of boys. kind of like a bonus Jamie Bell yes. series. Oh my God. We just love him. We, we'll cover the Jamie Bell movies. We'll do the Fantastic Four. We'll be like, um, Victor Von Doom loves Reed Richards. Oh God. I feel like we're giving- I mean, I could already literally sell that. Giving ourselves a bad name. You um, gave- Fantastic for, fan four stick a bad fan name for stick yeah no anyways jamie um, bell we love you channing we love you this was a great movie this was honestly a great time who okay. would have thought that the eagle 2011 would have actually been a good picture look i'm just saying it's an underrated gem and you can easily watch it on hbo max and i think it's worth a watch especially if you're someone that's like kind of on the hunt for some new people to ship it's mm-hmm. extremely shippable oh, it's i think so shippable. It, i think it's like a, a specific like type of relationship yes it's very shippable oh yeah and the ending is perfect because a lot of times when you have like an open-ended happy ending that like sets fan fiction off the rails because like it allows you to extrapolate so much which is this movie this movie literally is being like do you want to write a fanfic? Go, Go ahead. For it. Well, that's one of the reasons why the old guard is so popular mm, in like the fic realm sense, and it's sort of very like the internet much realm. Just like two lovers ready for a romance story. And also they've been together since the, the dawn Crusade. of time. So right. there's, there's so much that you can fill in, which is why it's so popular. Like that makes fandom sense. wise. I wonder what are some other time periods that we can explore that haven't oft been explored. You know, like you just said the crusades and I'm like, I wonder what the Crusades, like, lesbian love story would be. Or we just had our ancient Rome. So, like, what's another one that we're going to get at some point? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, I, But, I mean, I don't know. Well, let's see. I think gay people should exist in every era. So, we'll, I mean, we'll keep exploring. They have. They have. Yes, this is true. We're just being able to have representation now. <laughs> Despite what people might think think yes um no there have always been there well history textbook dropped yeah it's true you know this is it we're an edge pushing podcast i think we really like to take risks oh god we we took some on this one we took so many (laughs) we took some by watching the eagle dude so Jordan, you oh have you have some very very exciting things to share with our listeners because yes. having watched every Channing Tatum movie over the past month and change, you have um, put together a couple of lists. I did, as I understand. I have. So, what are the lists that you're going to be sharing with us? So, I'm just going to give you guys some excerpts from the list, the the highlights, the tops, because I want to save you know the full list for your full ranking. You'll have to go to my letterbox to find out. Got you. Quick so, plug: Jordan H. Gus on Letterbox.com. Do you have one? Uh, yeah, Brooke B. Solomon. Great. It's the same as find our us on Letterbox. <laughs> um, so Channing has 40 movies that he's been in. Okay. So I watched 40 movies over the course of. I don't know what. Six weeks? Six weeks. That's sure. insane. So what I guess the basic crux of it was as I was trying to see if Channing's queerness, per, or per movies that were queer coincided with his best performances and his best movies. Gotcha. Whether you. there was a correlative between the two. So let's just start out, I guess, with his movies because I feel like that's very broad. So this is where it is. It's essentially like a lot of his best movies do carry over mostly so i have his best film that he's in as magic mike xxl followed by hail caesar fox catcher 22 jump street and logan lucky gotcha. so those are his five best movies 
personally that I feel that he was in. Right. Now, Channing's best performances is a little different. Is a little different. Magic Mike is up there. Hail Caesar's up there. And Foxcatcher. Those are the three Channings that I'm like, these are concrete carryovers. Great performances. Got you. Now things get a little more twisted and a little more messy. Okay. So White House Down. <laughs> is it in his top five is in best his performances? Top performances. I would say The Vow is a great performance by him as well because The Vow could be a very bad romantic comedy, but Channing somehow gives it a gravitas and an emotional weight to it that I think is shocking. I'll have to take your word for Straight, it. Straight, but shocking. Now, you also have him in the Lego movies where he's great as Superman. But I think at the end of the day, his 22 Jump Street performance is also the one that is lauded the most. So those are really kind of his biggest and best performances. Some other ones just to throw in there that are also good is The Hateful Eight when he pops up. Uh He's very good in that. Same with The Book of Life. But the one that you might not really think about is 10 Years, which is Channing Tatum's first produced movie, which is just a wholesome little slice of life. It's about people that it's go back to their high school, High school reunion, right? yeah. Reunion. And it's very cute. And he gives a very wholesome performance because his whole job in that movie is to be in love with his wife, played by Jenna Dewan. That's and so cute. all he has to do is literally love her. And like, I mean, it's how can you not love your wife? You wholesome. Know? My wife. So <laughs> that's uh, his performances. Now, this is the... This is the what this we're is here the for. This is the big one. So Channing Tatum movies ranked by how queer they are. Okay. And we're have starting at number one. Number one. And how many are you going to give I'm going to give me? you the top 10. The top 10. Because I think the top 10 are important. Yes. All right. All right. Do you have a guess for the first one? I think my pick. Yes. Would probably also be Magic Mike XXL. And there you are wrong, Brooke. What is your number His one? His number one queerest movie is 22 Jump Street. Wow. I think because just, it sort of just is so comfortable with sexuality and right. just sort of like homoeroticism on such a broad front. And it's one of the few movies of his that actually is just like, oh, it's just, it's just so okay and accepting. It's just so deeply about like those themes, which is weird while like Magic Mike, I would think would be higher, you would think, but it never actually like deals with like queerness as, like an actual thing. It's just giving off queer energy versus like actually having sort of like more subtext to it, if that makes sense. Yes. So one is 20 Jump Street okay. followed by The Eagle. That is so correct Ka-ka. of you. ka That is so... That's not the sound an eagle so makes. What does correct. an eagle make? Like a whoo? No, it's like a... <laughs> Great. So The Eagle is number two followed by Magic Mike XXL. Okay. We're getting bigger. Number four, Foxcatcher. Um, this one you should see because uh, in it, Channing Tatum uh, in Just Boxer shaves Steve Carell with a long nose. Uh, the facial prosthetics in that movie are twisted and messed up. <laughs> um, but Channing is just so in love with Steve Carell in the movie. And so when Mark Ruffalo comes to town and Steve Carell becomes more focused on him, there's a jealousy that exhumes from Channing from losing sort of like his love interest. But at the same time, Steve Carell is giving a very queer performance where he is sort of very into the idea of these men and with wrestling and there's a lot of shirtlessness and bare buttockses and Channing is just giving a very great performance in that movie. But anyways, that's number four. If only Annapurna had released it wide, Mm, we would be talking mm, about it. Number five, a movie that we will cover at some point, but one that wasn't on either of my other lists because something happens to Channing quite quickly. Uh, he gets killed off in this movie and it is side effects. Oh. So Channing Tatum, not really prevalent in this movie, but it is aggressively queer because it features uh, 
<laughs> Rooney Mara and Catherine Zeta-Jones as lesbian crime lovers. Oh, we have to stand. We have to stand. So that's number five. Uh, number six, Hail Caesar. I mean... Please. We got a dance. We ain't got no dames. No dames. No dames. No dames. Number I seven. I forgot. I just want to say. Yes. Quick sidebar. I don't think I mentioned this on any of our previous episodes, but I really did not remember how gay that number is. Yes. Like, it's no so winky winky, and I've totally forgot. When the other guys come that. into the bar and they're like, hey, hey fellas, what you doing this here? This looks like a nice place to be. Anyway. Um, and, and they're trying to like shoo Channing Tatum off. He's like head in between a groin. Like the movie is so winky winky. Right. Anyway, I totally forgot about that, but please continue. No, yeah. So that's number six. Seven, this is the end for Channing Tatum's little bit in there, uh-huh. but also the movie with it's just a bunch of men giving queer energy. Uh, number eight, Magic Mike, the original. Number nine, 21 Jump Street. And rounding it out, an animated feature. This one, the Lego Batman movie. Right. Um, I have heard many good things yes. about the Lego Batman Very movie. queer. Uh, Channing Tatum's character gets covered in glitter in it. Oh, wait, no, sorry. That's uh, the Lego. That's the second Lego movie. This one, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill are just sort of like Green Lantern, Superman lovers, but also Batman and the Joker have a whole subplot. So that's number 10. And, you know, look, there are some honorable mentions like G.I. Joe Retaliation, The Book of Life, She's the Man. But at the end of the day, these were the ones that really sort of yeah cruxed and she's so, the man she's the man is interesting because mm. i feel like in another world um that would be higher up on the list but channing tatum spends so much time with amanda Bynes in her exactly. like actual amanda Bynes persona that like they really have the straight relationship and then he sort of is just like buddy buddy with her he's just quote roommates unquote, brother right where it should be more of a mulan situation yeah but it's not bro. yes and so that's is is why is, we like, need to remake through a queer director lens. we need like double she's the man uh, exactly um anyway she's the man again <laughs> she's 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 so like sh- or i don't even know how you do a sequel name i don't like it's this. just she's the man anyway Great. so at the end so what i was trying to do is compare the two and so some of his best performances aren't in some of his queerest movies but for the most part i would say like the big like essentially like a, a majority of his better queer movies are some of his best movies and best performances. You have Magic Mike's XXL. You have 22 Jump Street. You have Hail Caesar. You have, have Foxcatcher. You have The Eagle. Oh, right. The Eagle, the Eagle did not didn't, make any didn't of make your the lists. Best, the best list or performances. But the Magic Mike's, the Foxcatcher, uh, 22 Jump Street, Hail Caesar, This is the End. You know, these are sort of his better kind of performances where he comes in and delivers the goods and they're exhuming sort of this energy. And... I was, however, a little disappointed because it's not necessarily a one-to-one where you have like the eagle or side effects or but sort that of... that would be so difficult. Of, of I think course. you did a great job. Of course. But like, you, you know, White House Down, you want White House Down to be this queer masterpiece, but it's just it's, too it's straight. Not. And you want the Hateful Eight to sort of, when he pops up and gets his brain blown out, you want that to be queer, but it's just not. And I mean, the vow, I don't know. It's one no. of the more straight movies I've ever Come seen. Come on, man. Right. But at the end of the day, I think it is saying something that I guess like the top 10 Channing Tatum movies, if you look at a two to two of like his filmography and his performances, a lot of them do have more weight in better performances where he's allowed to be more flamboyant and comfortable with himself as an actor versus where he has to sort of put on an act like in Supercross or something where he's trying to play something that he's just really not. Totally. Like where he's playing like an Italian gangster or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Horrible. He's, and stop loss with a mustache, right? Like he's good in a movie where he's allowed to be himself as we've discussed so much. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was definitely worth taking the journey 
And it was a shocking 22 Jump Street being the number one as the most queer. But hey, it happened. 22. 22, yes. Yeah. Very much 22 over 21. Yeah. Yeah. The same with XXL. His sequels build upon the foundation because that he laid. There, He's more comfortable with exactly. like the brand exactly. and himself. Wow. Well, honestly, that's super informative. Look, and I highly recommend that everyone give your letterbox a little Lexi to check out the full list. And you know what the least, uh, I think this is important. Can you guess what the least queer movie of uh, Channing Tatum's career is? It's probably a really bad one that I haven't heard of. Oh, no. It's one you definitely have heard of. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Is White House Down really that straight? Uh, no, it's uh, Dear John. Oh, a movie for Republicans. <laughs> a movie for Republicans. Yes. Anyways. We did a good job. We did it. Was overall. it worth Was it worth all those movies watching? I don't know. I mean, we Am I have, brain dead? Well, yes. We're probably going to do this type of thing about once a year. Yes. So we haven't selected. We have some ideas, but we haven't selected who it's going to be next year Will yet. Will I ever do it again? No. No, you're not going to? It depends on who. I feel like you need to commit now. If they have as... Like, this was a manageable filmography, I feel like. Wasn't it, like, 40 movies? So he's been in that many, yes. But I think I watched, like, 29 or 30 because of, like, ones that I've already seen. Right. But if it's someone more obscure or, like, has, like, a more eclectic filmography that I might have missed, then I don't know. Okay. Good to know. Like, I was debating doing Michael Shannon's next, and I looked at Michael Shannon's filmography and how many movies he's been in, and and I stopped right there. Well, it's hard when someone is, like, a a career-supporting actor like Michael Shannon, because he's in a bunch of stuff where you only get to see him for, like, yeah. Right, right. So. Which is, Shannon's team weirdly has that energy, too. Like, well, he'll just show up for something and then leave. Because he's game. Which I love. You know? Yeah. And like he does work well in a lot of those. And I think those end of career sort of animated movies are really for his kid. Like the Smallfoot nice. and the Batman and, and the, 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 book, the of like, book of Life. Yeah. Like those movies feel like he made those so his daughter could like love seeing him in a movie, you know? Which is cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on yeah. this man? I mean, I I didn't, like we said, I didn't do the career deep you dive smart. that you did. However, um, I feel like it's been very interesting to just look at like, so, kind of similar to you, when he's good and when he's not that good. And I feel... Like, we talked about the general consensus that Channing Tatum is one of those actors who's kind of like a character actor trapped in the body of a leading man. But I think that he really is, like, extremely unique as a movie star and that we were trying to basically come up with an equivalent, either, like, a modern equivalent or, like, a female equivalent or even someone, like, who was in, I don't know, the 80s or 90s that could match his energy. And there's really nobody. No. Which... I think means that he has a very distinctive filmography and a very distinctive set of skills and set of acting traits um, that work best for him. And I think that that is the reason why he's sort of like kind of accidentally become a gay icon because he is so distinctive and there is nobody quite like him. So he really 
pops in these movies and because he's doing like because I don't think Hollywood realizes that he pops in the way that he does but audiences do absolutely not no literally I think that's like I completely agree like going through his filmography like you see the trend as I was saying like oh five like all these years he's playing like the same very serious role but he's the one that's popping and it's not until literally like G.I. Joe or like Dear John or like Public Enemies where they're like oh he has like an actual talent where we should make him rise above because he's been he was in like six movies early not literally but he was in so much with Joseph Gordon-Levitt but with the two of them early on in their careers and eventually later where JGL was sort of getting a meteor performance but Channing was the one who was popping of the two of them right it goes to show that like they were sort of not recognizing the talent that he had. He's not really a plug-and-play leading man, but Hollywood wanted him to be a plug-and-play leading man, which a lot of times I think when that happens, especially we've talked a lot through this miniseries about masculinity and presentation and like how aggro you can be. I think that being so distinctive in these very heterosexual kind of boring leading man performances like imbibes you with a certain othering a certain shine to the lgbt community um and i think that just sort of like the fact that he is so distinctive and he has like a very specific energy to him helped make him stand out to a lot of people in that community like it's, it sounds so weird and like a little like conspiracy theory to talk about but no, no, no. thinking about just how he acts on screen and sort of like how open he is and how kind of sensitive he's not scared of himself like right. he's so like so much of him is like he's okay wearing glitter and he's okay with his masculinity and he's okay being who he is and to be so comfortable in oneself i think immediately makes you sort of a star and like an icon for certain communities and right. specifically with the queer community where so much of it is like we're constantly searching to find like our openness and to be accepted for being who we are. Exactly. And when you have a star who is so comfortable being who he is, you're immediately drawn to him no matter what. Jordan, that's exactly the, that's exactly the point. That's exactly what it is. He's so, he just has no qualms about how he's portrayed about, he's never second guessing himself. He knows exactly (laughs) who he is. Um, and for good or bad. Right. And I think that that is something very inspiring. And of course, like he has gravitated to these sort of iconic community specific roles, like the magic mics, as we've discussed, like the 22 jump streets, we could go on and on and on, but you know, for better or for worse, he is a gay icon. Absolutely. And, um, honestly, I love him and he's love- great. And I'm so happy that we got to talk about him for a month. And Channing Tatum, I just want to say that like, come you're, on whenever. You're great. And I wish you nothing but the best. It was really fun. It was genuinely like really fun watching. Like I found a weird comfort watching all these movies like being i sort of had done this before with tom cruise before you know what i mean last year but right i forgot about that uh, i'd never finished that one but i finished channing and i feel like it was very nice to know even if it was a bad movie i was like sort of comforted by his performance right like no matter what you sort of know like okay like we're gonna get something good out of this you know he's got me if no one else has got me even if it's like a movie about motocross and i'm like look i fucking hate everything about this like this whole movie is telling me to turn it off but i was there for rowdy sparks 
And I was there because Channing clearly likes super cross dirt biking. So, I mean, he was selling it. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. even in the most obscure of things, he's at least doing his best to try to get you on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you. I mean, look, we've talked about this man a lot over the past month. Yes, we I have. think I'm pretty much Channing Doubt, but oh, really? it feels good. It feels good. I don't feel exhausted. No, no, no. I feel fulfilled. Totally. I completely agree. I think this was a good endeavor for us, and I'm excited to find out sort of like who we go to next because I think it's fun. I have some ideas. Taking this time to like examine a celebrity and like, what does that mean for the queer community? Yes. What is, how does their filmography relate to the queer community? And like, I don't know, mm-hmm. who are we as people if not Channing stands now? Exactly. And like, what is celebrity and like, how does it affect oh my God. whether you're out or not or how like Truly. your perception. With, with this, especially with Channing, as we've mentioned before, it's right. like so much of that was, like the early internet really trying to push a like a push an career agenda. on him. Yeah. yeah. Or no, sorry, not a career. Yeah, as you were saying, an agenda. And it's like how that has changed over time is really beautiful. And I think as time has gone on, Channing has only become more open and comfortable with who he is. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And it's really cool. And obviously like it would be, it will definitely, like we said, do this next year. I would love to cover, like do the same sort of deep dive for a queer director too. But honestly, it's like more rare than out actors and a lot of like out directors do direct like weird indie artistic stuff um not so four quadrant blockbusters we'll see we'll see we'll we'll be able to find well, plenty we'll of people put it to the people march madness bracket anybody Ooh. however Ooh. next week oh my god for a completely different oh change my, of Brooke, pace i forgot that we're not covering a channing movie um next week we are doing something completely different we are back to your regularly scheduled one a week programmers Ooh, what are we doing next week jordan I, oh, I i have a question I for you i want you to ask me i have a question can you do it in an elaborate manner yes great all right there are balloons <gasps> yes there I'm, is wait i'm walking into my apartment confetti i love yes i'm i'm gasping there is stairway to heaven playing on a speaker oh, system okay jordan will you go to prom with me oh brooke i would love to <laughs> wait we need to dis- we'll discuss next week i cannot wait to ask you about how you got asked or how you asked people to prom i have some good stories i hope great. you do too oh Promposals. Oh, of course I do. Promposals. Are we shocked? Um, next week we're covering 2020's The Prom. Ryan Let's Murphy. Let's go. Um, the Menace himself. Uh, his directed vehicle. Uh, Golden Globe nominee. The Prom. Um, there's a lot <sighs> For to who? talk about. For James Corden. <sighs> Isn't that exciting? Our, uh, and also best musical or comedy. I can't believe we had to rewatch. I, yeah, I yeah. know. I'm not looking forward to it. Um, however, it's very gay. So what if there I can't was a prom? About it. I don't know. What if there was a prom? Stick around next week for that. And in the meantime, give us your final Channing thoughts. Tell us everything about this man. On Twitter, I'm at Jordan H. Gus. I'm at Brooke B. Solomon. And together at Queer Quadrant. Whoa! Where can we find this podcast? On Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on uh wherever else you get your podcasts pretty good i don't know Where i'll else take can it back over your podcast, i'll please? take it back over next week <laughs> um and that's all we have to say about that leave us a review rate review subscribe mm-hmm. five stars only five eagles only mm-hmm. it helps us get onto the charts we would love you know who else is charting channing and so you should help us chart buy his book in may it's gonna be good yeah and Brooke, do you have anything you would like to leave our audience with i mean yeah stan channing tatum come on 